Hello and welcome to the Massive Attack 12 Days of Christmas Specials 2022 editions where I'm inviting my friends on to talk to the podcast about Christmas and to learn about them and their Christmasnessnessness. And today's guest is the lovely Brett Peebles. Welcome to the show. Lovely. I don't you think I've been... Uh... Oh, oh, you? (laughs) Look, I just want to say, before we get started, look, um, I just want to say how much I appreciate being on a real podcast. You are on a real podcast. You're on the thought. No, no, I've got my own, but this is a real one. No. I think you've got more listeners. You've got a Patreon, we don't. So can you please tell us about your podcast? Uh, look, you, my podcast is very unprofessional. We are called Thoughtless Casual Gaming. We're one of the top 100 gaming-related podcasts based in Geelong. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate or not, but we just made that up and we're going with it. We talk all things sort of board games, war games, uh, hobby-related, and really I just I started it as an excuse to force myself to do a bit more hobby have a bit more me time because there's a lot of times that you get distracted by life and and don't make the time for yourself so we're not professional we're not good we're less than good let's say but we have a bit of fun with it and we run some tournaments in geelong play some games catch up with mates it's it's all fun i must say i do listen to your podcast i have no idea what you're saying but I do listen. <laughs> it's a bit niche, I think. It's very niche. Uh, I think if you're not about Blood Bowl, and I'm like, it sounds fascinating. It sounds really cool, but I don't know what you're saying. Oh, Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl is a big one for us. I mean, it's one of the games we play a lot of because it's quick, it's easy. It's basically a board game where you are playing American football, except the teams are made up of dwarves, elves, goblins, mm-hmm. and some teams will try and score touchdowns. Other teams will try and bash the crap out of the other team. So I get that side of it. It's the mechanics geeky. of it, it all. So geeky. The mechanics is where I get like I don't know how you figure this out. I'm sure there's dice rolls. There are dice. Yes, dice are involved. Dice will screw you over. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So what we've been doing is finding out about our guests, which is you, and their Christmasnessnessness. So I've got some questions. I have pre-sent these questions to you, so you have been pre-warned. Whether you read them or not, I don't know. So, I did. Excellent. I did. What I did more prep for this than, than any of my own episodes. That was silly. Because I'm sure I've got less <laughs> listeners. Because I'm not even the top 100 of actual podcasts of anything in Bandura. So, anyway, let's go. What is your favorite Christmas song? Christmas song. Look, I had two answers for this. So, I mean, the one that springs to mind instantly is... And I don't know what it's called, but I'm just going to say it's the Life Day song by Carrie Fisher. Oh, nice. Coked up Carrie. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, the, I mean, the Star Wars holiday special is a beast all of its own. Mm-hmm. I watched it again recently in the last couple of weeks, and it is still as bad as I remember it to be. It is painful to get through. Uh, but Yeah, but Grandpa Lumpy watching virtual porn in Star Wars is pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, look, the, the virtual porn, the um, the weird music video that just pops in for no apparent reason, it's all painful. But if you're a Star Wars fan, you have to have seen it at, at least, least once. once. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I and actually I think got I've it on TV back in the 80s. Like it was Did on a you? Saturday afternoon. Because I remember the Bo- Boba Fett cartoon vividly. Yep. 
Yeah. So that side of it, I remember. And then when the internet became a thing and you know it was out there to be found, I did find it and it's like, oh, I got this thing. And I watched it again. Oh. Wow. But yeah, the cartoon still held up for me. Yes. It's sort of like cartoon that's kind still of holds cool. up. That's on Disney. Uh, is, yeah. None of the rest of it is. No. <laughs> but I think way back when, this is, oh, we're talking years ago now, but um, I came across it for whatever reason, I was surfing eBay one day and I came across a listing for a pirate copy of it. Mm-hmm. Somebody had burned it on a DVD with all the old Kenner ads and the Muppet special with Mark Hamill on it. Oh, yep, yep. And they put this up for, it wasn't much, but it was on eBay. And so I bid. And then eBay took it down. saying no no not allowed that this is an illegal copy you cannot sell this but this is way back in the day and and of course i still held had access to the seller so i messaged the seller and said okay i still want this (laughs) and the seller said where are you located i said i'm in melbourne they said we'll get a courier out to you tomorrow Sweet. And that was it. I had it in my hands. And I've I have forced a lot of people to watch that and it is I don't a think anybody's movie. forgiven me. No, it's it's you've got to be in the right frame of mind and I don't know what that is. No. no. So was there another song or are we gonna go with you? Uh look, Jingle Bells has always been a favourite and there are so many different versions of Jingle Bells that you can think of. Uh there's the the typical Batman one, let's say. Yes. There's a straight one. There's uh, there's a guy on YouTube slash Spotify slash all of those things by the name of Leo, and he does metal versions of any song that you can think of from, you know, Baby Shark to WAP. Mm-hmm. And his Jingle Bells is quite good. All right. Well, maybe I'll squeeze both of them. <laughs> I was actually wondering because watching this episode, we'll get to that later. But there was a Jingle mm-hmm. Bells in that, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking, is anyone's favourite Christmas Carol the Jingle Bells? Yes, apparently there I is. I do, I do. Like, I know it's a I fun know. one that everyone knows, but I just didn't think it would be anyone's favourite. I think I'm simple. <laughs> I didn't say it. No, I did. I'm, I'll, I'll own it. Would you, would you care to describe your perfect Christmas morning? So I've got kids now and kids change, that changes everything for Christmas. So Christmas is all about them now. I used to love Christmas as a kid, but I think I love it more now that I own kids. And I say own, and I will stand by that. Uh, it's it's all about their expressions, their enjoyment, the the thrill that they get out of opening the crappest presents that I can find. Uh, so it's all about sitting down. The kids are really good. They they won't wake us too early, but they'll wake us, and we will all sit out on the couch around the Christmas tree, opening presents and just watching the excitement, photos of the kids. And I, I can't beat that. I really can't beat that. How beautiful. Do you have any favourite Christmas foods? Yes. Excellent. Was there more to the question? <laughs> um, so, oh, okay. Well, you didn't say that. The Christmas is all about overeating as well. So Christmas, lunch, always go around to my parents and there's always way too much food, but there's always the same variety. So there's always a Christmas ham which is just, mm-hmm. you can't beat a Christmas ham. Uh, prawns, there are potato salad, chicken, any of the above to excess. 
so that I feel horrible for the rest of the afternoon. Nice. Everyone's been talking about food for all the episodes. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it's funny when you ask about it. getting full just thinking about it. Just like, oh, no. <laughs> all right. When does your tree go up and when does it go down? So the tree goes up when I can get it up. Mm. No pun intended. The I, I work retail, so... Christmas is a busy time. December is a busy time. I always try and get the tree up around about the start of December because I figure, you know, December's a good time. I don't don't want to get it up too early. Plus, you know, October, November, that's the kid's birthday. So it's all around then. December is when we start doing I'm a November baby stuff. myself. I understand. Yeah. So start of Christmas, it just, it has to be a day or a weekend or, or some time when the whole family's together so that we can decorate everything together. The kids are so involved in decorating. Like we we have a fairly, what's the word, eccentric street, let's say. There are a lot of young families in my area and Christmas lights, the first year that we were here, neighbor across the road started putting up Christmas lights around his house garden and that has escalated to the point that you know the street has a glow that can be seen from outer space some days i think so there is also the fact that i have to get the christmas lights out before i'm the last person in the street to get mine out in the street (laughs) so we we try and do it at the start of december but it's all about involving the kids making sure that because it's it's all about them and if if they weren't involved, they'd be upset. Ah, fair enough. Have you got a busy street? Because I'm in a dead-end street, and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to have that young family you're talking about. So there's no one going nuts in ours, and there's no cars going through to see it. So there's no impetus for to do it. But I, all it would take would one house to go crazy, and then the challenge would be on, I think. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it will happen. I mean, that... streets around us are starting to get into it. Yeah, so it is happening. But, yeah, our street myself, but not pretty boring. It's not a busy street, (laughs) but like, I mean, I was, I spent a lot of time in Melbourne and for the sake of trying to buy a bigger house to have more room for the one kid that was there and the other kid that was definitely going to happen, we ended up moving out Geelong way. And we moved into an area which is very much like it was an up-and-coming area at the time. There were no shops, no petrol station, nothing around. It was just houses starting to be built. So being a cheap area, being one of these new areas, there are a lot of families, a lot of young kids. And, of course, everything sprung up now. It's, there's schools, there's you know, the 7-Eleven, there's... Yeah, we've got a Macca's. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a lot more than what it was when uh, when I moved in. But the whole dynamic of the suburb is very sort of young family based. We our street's probably about two streets off the main road, which is not really that main anyway. But the whole area just lights up, especially Halloween, Christmas. There are lights everywhere. But that one neighbour starting it, what? five years ago, six years ago, he has escalated things across this street. And and we are definitely one of the ones in the, they have Facebook groups of, this is where to go and have a look at the, all the Christmas lights mm-hmm. and our street is constantly on there. Oh, excellent. I may have to make the journey down. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely worthwhile. I remember as a kid myself and then, 
you know, early into I kept that going through teens and and young young twenties. We used to go to Ivanhoe all the time and see the boulevard. Yep. Yeah. I live near there, so it was a very much a staple. Yes. My Every up. year we would do that, and but now we have our own. So. Because <laughs> we did it like friend of the show fresh. Mm-hmm who you have listened to many times, episode one of this session, we actually used to go have dinner with the families and go walk. Before we had families, we'd even do this. We would go have dinner and walk down the boulevard because it was a famous street in Mm -hmm. Ivanhoe where all the houses would get decked out and stuff. Now every suburb has a street like this. And the boulevard is just a poor comparison to what it used to be. But yeah, it was the one place where they would block off one end of the street. Like it was so popular that they you could only enter from one way and traffic control would come in to guide people through one way. That's how big this was. But yeah, it was the only one in Melbourne for the longest I mean, time. I still remember getting handed lollies by a guy dressed up as Santa as a kid there. That wouldn't happen yes, anymore. But Same, but I love it, yes, because I used to get in my dressing mm-hmm. gown. And as a yep. kid, I'd do it now as an adult, but back then it was like in your pajamas, in yeah. your dressing gown. When you were a kid, you had your pajamas underneath the dressing gown. There's the difference. Exactly. Yeah, now, just, just, now it's just a dressing gown. Okay. What is the most stressful part of Christmas? At work. <laughs> Working work. retail. Yeah, you work retail. It's... And a very specific geeky sort of retail. Yes. Look, I, I work, uh, I'm not going to say the name of the company, but I work for a company that sells a lot of things related to pop and or culture. And... Yeah, work is, it's the busiest time of the year, no doubt. It's hectic. You have, everybody's a bit frazzled, I find, at Christmas. Everybody's under stress. Everybody's dealing with, you know, the fact that they have to do this, 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 and this before Christmas, or the fact that they're going to have to see their family who they might not like, or whatever the case may be. There's always something, someone somewhere that is having a really bad time and retail is a perfect opportunity to take it out on somebody that you don't know. So don't get that an awful lot, but it does happen and it just seems to escalate this time of year. I mean, work is what it is. You know, you know I had, I was under no assumptions when I took the job, what would be happening this time of year. I just get very tired. That's fine. <laughs> Probably more stressful for me is, is the damn presence. I struggle struggle with present buying I'm always I always want to get something which is just fantastic but again working retail not having much time when I'm not passed out on the weekend is it's a struggle to find that right Christmas present and and knowing that this is the perfect thing for somebody that's that's what I find the hardest wanting to get them something which they will absolutely love and 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 thank you for and shows how much I appreciate whoever it is that I'm giving it to. But that stress of trying to find that thing year on and year out, it's... Because uh, you nail it one year. Yeah. And then it's sort of like, oh, now I've got a top. Yes. I, per- I got a perfect one year. And then you every year you're chasing that fucking dragon of like, oh, I, got to- I nailed mm-hmm. it. Fuck, i got to do it again. And if you nail it for one person, like what about the other half a dozen, dozen, however exactly. many you're buying for? Exactly. Oh, God. Yeah. That mm. finding the time to shop and true. get that perfect present, that's that's my stress. Yeah, that's fair. Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Do you watch it every I'm, year? I, 
It's your Christmas movie. I'm not going to say it's not a Christmas movie. No, I'm movie, well aware of yeah. your opinion on Die Hard as a Christmas movie. <laughs> uh, so I thought I'd, I'd have to say that. I, although I do try and watch Die Hard every year. It, it is oh, it's a great, it's movie. It's a great, great movie. movie. And because it's set in Christmas, that's a good excuse to watch it around Christmas. The other ones, probably, I, I love Home Alone. Like mm-hmm. That's always struck with me and... You know, now the kids are, are at that sort of age too. They're enjoying those sort of films. But also, like, when I was a kid, it was every year it was Charlie Brown's Christmas. That was the one. Okay. Um, yeah, my kids just watched Home Alone again yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was the first time they hadn't remembered watching it. They had yep. seen it, but they didn't remember. So they watched it again. And talking about it today, it's like, did that guy really burn his head? It's like, no, no, especially. It's like, what was your favourite bit? And they're going, oh, when he hurt all those guys. It's like, yeah, but which bit? But there was like all of them. It's like, okay, fair enough. So I don't know if I'm bringing up sociopaths or, well, it's that, or what. That sort of like, age, For me, it's the it? spider bit. When he's hitting him with a crowbar on the spider. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so weird because I know my son, he was watching A Wrinkle in Time. And there's a mm-hmm. bit in that movie where a brother gets possessed and he's being mean to his sister. And that freaked him out and he was so upset. Yet he watches Jurassic Park and he's talking to his little sister going, do you want to watch dinosaurs kill people? He's like so excited about that. Like brothers being bad to sisters. No, don't want to watch it. This is freaking me out. So yeah, Home Alone is like, yeah, kids beating up old people. That's fine. Yeah, that's I fine. That. I mean, I get that. I get the brother not wanting the sister. Yeah, yeah. it's too real. It's too real. And you wouldn't want that. And that, that shows you bringing them up right, mate. That's good. I'm doing something. Um, now, does your family have any unique traditions? No, no, we're not unique. We're not special by any no. stretch of the imagine uh, of imagination. No, not at all. So yeah, lunch with the with my parents. Uh, we did way back when, before kids. We did. My wife and I had a Christmas where we just tried to do everything, and it involved, you know, visiting everyone. It was like lunch with her dad's side of the family and then but it wasn't lunch because we had to get there early because then we had to go and see her mom and then we had to drive to Torquay where my family was and and we had to I think she was working at some point as well so we had to drive to work so we ended up in like six different places none of which happened to coincide with any food and so yeah we were exhausted and just run down by the end of that so we've kept it simple since it's just just very much home in the morning, lunch at my folks' place on Christmas Day, and then usually Boxing Day will be the same thing again. So lunch with my mum's extended family at her place. So yeah. nice and simple, lots of food, leftovers the next day if I'm not working. Yeah, I, I used to be pre-kids. I would try and fit as much in as possible. So it's, you know, my wife's family, my family, mm-hmm. extended family, do all those sort of things. And my best Christmases were back in the day when my auntie had a beach house down mm-hmm. at or still has, and it would be lunch with family, then we'd end up there for yep. dinner, and then we stop. Yes. That's the best thing. You travel, travel, stop, and we're there for the next two days, and we're in chill. Yes. So that's, there's no traveling after, there's no going back, it's fine. Now all my cousins who would all go there, now we've all got families mm-hmm. ourselves, so we all can't just pop up at the same place, there's not enough room for everybody, so it's just local again, and there is that, you know, lunch for one destination, travel to the next one for dinner, then, and you're pretty much getting two sides of the same meal, mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> you're getting two, twice the meal, <laughs> and, and then it's the drive home and everything, and it's just like, it's just a it lot. Is. And then you hear about friends who are, 
you know, Christmas orphans. Mm-hmm. You know, people have moved into yes. states, so they have no yep. family. So, and you feel sorry for them, but you feel, you find out that they, they they hang out with their other Christmas orphan friends. They probably got like they have the best time. half a dozen invites or something, don't they? Exactly. Yeah. So they're all there with their friends, with none of that family <laughs> bullshit that you bring to me. <laughs> You're actually with people you want to be with. Which yeah. And oh. And it's like, oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> I so the thing the thing with us I mean we always used to come down and my parents have had a a beach house in Janjuk for ages and then they sold that they built their retirement home on a golf course in Barwon Heads right and so every Christmas Christmas day was lunch there and that was fine it was fine when I was living in Melbourne now I'm 10 minutes away so not only do I still get the food but I can leave anytime I like and it's only going to take me 10 minutes to get home and then I can collapse and be in my own zone again. So it's even better. Perfect. There's no fighting over that second bedroom or who's going to stay where or who have to, has to sleep in the tent out the back or whatever the case may be. Was there a Christmas present you really wanted as a kid? There was. And did you get it? I did because mm-hmm. I'm spoiled. Uh, <laughs> I think like Castle Grayskull was the big one for me. I was dead into He-Man when I was a kid and we we traveled around a lot when I was a kid so we spent majority of my life before I was say 17 was spent overseas various different countries we didn't stay in the one place any longer than three years but when the big masters of the universe craze when it all started I was living in Chicago and it was perfect. You know, the master stuff was all on the shelves. Yep. It was there. And Grayskull was the one for me, which surprises me because now it would be Snake Mountain. Like, uh, I've okay. always been more of a bad guy aficionado. I like the bad guys more. Uh, like, Star Wars, Boba. <laughs> did that come Boba Fett was always the big one. Did it come home with you? Now you oh, yes. Look, Grayskull's pretty big. Did it travel with uh, you? Started to. <laughs> we, because my dad, he was an expatriate, so he moved around for work. And this is back in the days, everything got sent sea freight. We'd take like a suitcase onto the plane, and that would be what we had for until the rest of our stuff showed up. In the probably the last move when we came back, there was a box or two that went missing in the sea freight. Gray skull, Snake Mountain that my brother had, uh, all our Masters guys, all our Star Wars, Millennium Falcon, Transformers, all the toys, all the toys that that are worth so much if you're trying to track them down now. Yes. Uh, yes. They, they all disappeared. Oh, no. So when when Origins came out, I did have to buy myself another Grayskull. But, yeah, look... Grayskull was the big one, but realistically, anything, you know, Lego, Master of the Universe, Transformers, Star Wars, Battle Beasts, they were all the favourites, but Grayskull was the big present that I wanted. And Did you see the box and you knew? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a very unique yes. size, especially as a kid. Oh, yeah. No, I knew, I knew and I was, I was over the moon, I remember still. Now, this might be an interesting question now because I didn't realise you had travelled so much or lived so for various places. But if you could travel anywhere to celebrate Christmas, where would it be? Ah, well, yeah, it definitely ties in. Uh, no, <laughs> I've travelled too much. I, For me, okay. relaxation, uh, a holiday is not having 
to be anywhere else, but I can just be at home. So, I mean, I don't mind going overseas. I don't mind going away. Uh, but I'm, I'm very happy just chilling out at home. If I could go somewhere and, and, you know, it was, it would be somewhere nice, like, like a beach, something calm, something with, you know, cocktails in the pool, not a lot, not an awful lot to do. Something where I could just, somewhere where I could just zone out, which for me now is home, you know. Okay. It's not a very exciting answer, I know, but. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. Okay. Now, if you were Santa, what cookie would you like left out? Uh, chocolate chip and macadamia. That's always a favorite. Those two combined. Whether it's whether a... it's white chocolate chip or just chocolate chip, but chocolate chip and macadamia is, is yes. <laughs> okay. And where does Santa leave your presents? Always under the tree. We always had a tree and, you know, my parents we had the typical nostalgic ornaments around the tree, so I think, you know, they had a one of those little things that you hang up made every every time one of us was born. So uh, there's one there from, you know, the Stone Ages when I was born. And uh, we've done the same thing with our kids too. So, but always under the tree. The tree was the icon of Christmas for us. As it should yeah. be. Okay. Is cash or a voucher an acceptable Christmas it gift? It depends who's giving it. If I'm giving you a present... I don't like it to be a voucher or, or cash. If I'm receiving it, by all means, I am quite happy to take it. And and I will, if somebody asks me, I will quite often say, just get me, you know, give me a voucher from you know local game shop or whatever. But if I'm the one giving it, I always feel such so bad. <laughs> so yes and no is my answer. Okay. Oh, dear. Okay, and the final question is, is there a Christmas song or movie you cannot stand? Movies, no. Like, I'm generally okay with any movie. I'll, I'll watch most movies all the way through just to find out what happens, even if it's crap. Songs, Last Christmas by Wham is not a favourite, yeah. but I can tune anything out. I happened, I was working at Brashes. Like, this shows my age here, doesn't it? But I was working at Brashes when the Handsome Christmas album came out. And I learned very quickly that I can tune anything I don't want to listen to out and it won't be there. It could be playing at full volume and I just, it won't go in. <laughs> oh, handy, handy skill. Yes. Not necessarily when people are talking to you, but I can zone out and then, then I have to work out what they said. Okay. So we've, I think we've got to know you. We're just going to have a quick rapid fire either or round and then we're going to talk about some TV. Okay. So, all right. Quick either or. Turkey or ham? Ham. Honey ham, glazed ham. Carols by candlelight or carols in the domain? Carols by candlelight. You can say neither if you have to. No. Mariah Carey or Michael Bublé? Uh, I like the bubble. The bubble? Yep. MCG test or Sydney to Hobart Yacht Race? The MCG. Milk and cookies or beer and carrots? I am not a beer person. I will take milk and cookies any day of the week. I, I don't drink very much these days at all, but I've never been a beer person. I tried to be. It ended badly. We all tried. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you guys do one gift on Christmas Eve or exclusively all on Christmas All on Day? Christmas Day. Right. Do you say Father Christmas or Santa Claus? My kids say Santa Claus. It was always Father Christmas for me as a kid, though. Do you get up early or sleep in? I don't get to sleep in ever. <laughs> so Christmas is no excuse. You can tell the parents in this podcast. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Gift wrap or bag? Gift wrap, no matter how badly I can do it. 
favorite movie, Elf or The Santa Claus? Uh, Elf. <laughs> Definitely Elf. Nightmare Before Christmas or Muppet Christmas Carol? Ooh. Uh, I'm going to go Nightmare Before Christmas, but that's a tricky one. Home Alone or Gremlins? Mm. Home Alone. Bad Santa or Jingle All the Way? Now you've got me. I think Jingle All the Way. And the last one, Love Actually or The Christmas Prince? Love Actually. I do. I don't mind love, actually, actually. Um, it's actually, 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 love. All right, so that's it. We've got Christmas covered. Now, I've asked all my guests to bring a TV show or movie that is Christmas-related to the party, mm-hmm. and what did you bring to this one? So, if anyone listening does actually know me, then this should come as no surprise. Uh, I have brought Christmas with the Joker. The second episode, season one of Batman, the animated series, because... Like the very second episode of the series It is, indeed. It's Batman, it's Joker, it's Christmas, it ticks all my boxes. Yeah, and when we were talking about what what show did you want to bring, and you were bringing up, you know, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? (laughs) That was the first thing I asked, but... um, and then we bought it, and it happened to be what, three days after Kevin Connery passed. Yes, away. look, is when we chose this, so it was like a bit more apt as well. It 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 really is for for me. I mean, even before all of this, and for a long time, you can look at the the current films coming out, and there are various takes on on Joker, various takes on Batman, but Batman for me is always Kevin Conroy. Like he, what he brought to that role. I don't think anybody else has done nearly as well. He captures both Batman and Bruce Wayne extremely well. He gives a performance every single time, whether it's the animated stuff that you that so much that he's been in, or the games, all the Arkham games that he was in. He was it for me. And I was lucky enough to meet him a number of years back and have a quick chat. And he was just such a gentleman. He... He he is Batman. Yeah, well, he is the knight. He is vengeance. Because I was, was it Supernova or one of those? Yeah. Oz yeah, Comic Cons was... or something where he was here? Because I remember, I, I did go to that con as well, but I didn't get a chance to meet him, unfortunately. Um, there was a massive queue to see him. I did happen to find a reason to be right next to him. <laughs> so where he was doing his signing and everything like that, I was going through my bag for about 15 minutes right next to where he was. So I got to hear him speak to the fans that he was with and all that. And he seemed just like a genuinely nice guy. Everything I heard about him was, yeah. fan, you know, the best. And didn't know what he looked like. Didn't have the internet no. back in, what, 92 when this series started. So this cartoon came out of nowhere. What a, what a great time for cartoons mm-hmm. as a geek because... X-Men came out at the same time. Roughly, right? yeah. and Around the same era. It was just like, what a time. It was amazing. So that used to be on, I think, Channel 9 in the mornings on Saturdays. It was like Batman animated. I think it was where I caught it for the first time. I was like, oh, yeah. yes. And it was just great because I grew up on the Super Bowls yep. cartoons. And then there wasn't – and then He-Man, Transformers, and then there was a bit of a lean yeah, period. there really was. I was out. And then it was like – and it's like there's a Batman mm. cartoon and you're watching. It's like it's actually good. It's like, this is fantastic. So, um, and I heard all the stories. So I was reading Wizard Magazine and those sort of things. So you might get an article here and there about the Batman animated cartoon. And everyone's talking about the mm-hmm. voice of Batman is Kevin Conroy. And they're saying he could actually play him. Like yeah. he's tall, he's this, he's that. He could play Bruce Wayne. He could definitely play him if they made a movie now. And obviously he's not a Hollywood no. actor. He was an actor, he's, but he's got mm-hmm. his roles and stuff like that. And he, this was his first voice acting role, I think. Was it? God, God nail it. And he became, I think so. But um, yeah, so, and it was interesting watching this. So this is 
a Christmas mm-hmm. episode, and it's so episode two of the series, and it's the first Joker episode. It is. So therefore, it's the first time we hear Mark Hamill as the Joker, who, you know, again at the time, it's like Luke Skywalker's the Joker. And it's like watch it and yes, <laughs> and it's sort of like he, he can act. No <laughs> one does it better. And you watch, you can see YouTube videos of both of them doing their voice recordings together, and the the way they bounce off each other, the way Mark Hamill throws himself. And it's voice acting, but he is not acting with his voice. He is doing hand gestures and and facial stuff all over the place. The two of them together, I don't think there's any better Batman and Joker. And you know, this was you're quite right. It's just the first episode of that series with the Joker in it, who wasn't Mark Hamill at the time. Like they they recorded all the lines with Tim Curry. And then the director, the directors oh, really? didn't like the way he sounded, so they got Mark Hamill in, and Mark Hamill had to match his voice to the animation because it had all been done with Tim Curry's voice so oh, at wow. the time. So, yeah, it's Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill. They they were just a match made in heaven for me. And there, it was because he was what mid sixties when he passed. He was not old. We we needed yeah, more. He wasn't. We. Did and I mean the fact that he kept coming, not he kept coming back. They kept going mm-hmm. back to him. It's like there's certain voices that are thing. Like the, a brand new Transformers cartoon started mm-hmm. this week called All Spark or something Spark, and it's yep. for kids. Like all Transformers <laughs> should be. You know, you don't need bloody Romeo and Juliet laws in movies for Transformers movies. It's, it's a kids show. But anyway, but the fact that Peter Cullen kept yeah. coming back yeah. to a point. But then I watched this new one and it was Optimus Prime and it wasn't Peter Cullen. It's like just sounds wrong. I just, I don't like yeah. it. And we've had some decent Batman actors in the, Tedrick Batters done mm-hmm. pretty well. Yep. You know, there's been, there's some big good ones, but yeah, Kevin Conroy, when you hear it, it's just right. And the fact that you said the Batman and Arkham yep. games were, they went back to, mm-hmm. you know, Mark Hamill and, yes. it, and, and, and it's like, yep, but it's, it's the voice. We need that. The voice it's, and there's still one coming. So the, uh, the Suicide Squad game which is being done by Rocksteady. He's recorded all the stuff for that, so he's Batman in that. So there's one more to come, but it's... I mean, he did make a legacy, mm. and like you said, at that convention where we, where we yep. saw him, I, I did see his... He did a talk to mm-hmm. the audience, and I did watch that. And he did the I Am the Night, I Am yep. the Vengeance speech, and it's like, I'd love to see that live. You know, I just saw Billy Joel yep. live the other week, and I went sort of on a spontaneous thing mm-hmm. to go, because it was just like, I do like an event. Yeah. And it's sort of like, I, I wouldn't say I'm a massive Billy Joel fan. I am now, <laughs> because you just realised the guy played at 70. He did not stop for three hours, and I knew all the songs. It's like, that's a fair career. You did yes. really well. And you look at Kevin Conroy now, and it's like, no, you had a stonking career as Batman. You're my Batman. In a previous life, I did a podcast called Shooting the Pooh, mm-hmm. and we did a Batman episode. And it was put around the people on the panel, sort of like saying, who's your mm-hmm. Batman? And for me, my Batman is Adam yep. West. That was my first Batman. That's the one I grew up with. And, you know, Michael Keaton was bloody cool mm-hmm. because it was like, this is a dark version of Batman. I like this. The Super Friends cartoon, that's my Batman as well. Like, I've always got these new ones. But when you look at it, who's the best Batman? Yeah. It's sort of, it's, it's, I think, sort of got to go with Conroy for me. It's just the fact that he's got the humor. He can poke fun, but he's also got that darker edge. Because you've got the, the Arkham mm-hmm. games, it's yeah. darker. It's a nastier, you know, not nastier, but he's, you know, that edgier version than you get on the cartoon. And Justice League Unlimited, it's a different Batman again, really. Even though it's the same yeah. universe, you know, he's playing with a lot more characters. So he's having a lot more fun. And it's just like, you are... Well, he's done it like 500 times more than any other actor that's played Batman. And like he did get his, his acting 
debut as as Batman in what was it? it was the Flash? It was a well, the Crisis. It, yeah, crossover. it was a crossover that they did. Whichever episode he was in, whether it was I don't know Bat Batgirl, Batwoman, Flash whatever, Arrow, whatever it was. Um, it was just such a pop to see him as Batman <laughs> rather than rather than just the voice. But like, yeah, he is every Batman brings something, whether it's George Clooney bringing a credit card or you know <laughs> Batfleck. I, I I like Batfleck. I really do like Batfleck. I think he's perfect for the sort of Batman that they had. They all bring something to it, but Conroy was just so perfect and consistent and quintessential Batman. Yep. Now, do you remember when the cartoon first came out? Because I do remember it, and I was watching it and taping it, because my go-to for that era is the Mr. Freeze mm-hmm. episode. So if anyone is at Heart yeah, of Yeah, something like that. But... So if you want to watch an episode, that would be the entrance one to mm-hmm. go, this is good. That's a, that's a Paul Dini episode, isn't it? He wrote mm-hmm. that one, didn't he? I think, I'm pretty sure it is. Who cre- also created Harley Quinn in the animated series and has done a lot for DC yeah. Comics. But watching this episode, like, because I've probably seen a lot more later series of Batman since, and I've watched Batman Beyond a lot more, and I've watched the Justice League and JLU. And going back and watching episode two, how the animation's that little bit clunkier. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, wow. And it was just like, oh, it's just nowhere near as polished as it was eight years later. <laughs> of course it wasn't, but... Um, yeah, it's ironic, that, but... It was just like, oh, wow. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. And even Conroy's performance is not mm-hmm. what I remember it being because it was it's not his best no by all means i mean it's the second episode of this season and maybe because i've played you know the arkham games a lot more recently so that's my version that i'm picturing and it's like you're not him (laughs) it was sort of weird to go back to that but saying that mark hamill has nailed the joker day one yes and if you're telling me he had to match animation that's even more amazing and he hasn't lost a patch on that that was he nailed it from the first go and it's like i'm on no he has just been perfect and you can tell there are a couple of instances in this episode where the voice does not match up with the the animation quite right there is you know the mouth's open and should be closed or vice versa but for his first performance to nail it and everything that he does with this character since all the way leading up to the arkham games arkham city is one of my all-time favorite games and it's mainly due to a a the writing of paul dini b kevin conroy and see mark hamill it's it's a cute little episode it really is yeah so i honestly don't remember watching these early mm-hmm. episodes because robin was there from the yeah. get-go i thought it was a batman show from the start but he was there from the start so, okay and it's and the character of batman has changed so mm. much in the last like from 86 when dark knight returns came out he became a darker character frank miller changed batman yes. forever yeah, pun non-intended there and from that a lot of the tim burton batman came from the aesthetic that is the Dark Knight Returns, the darker, blacker suit and all that sort of thing. So this darker turn of Batman and just getting that balance, being a kid's show, but also trying to be dark. They were establishing this very 1930 style style to the cartoon, which is all Bruce Timm. Bruce Timm designed this show. And one, it's a gorgeous looking stylized design. There's a very much a strong homage to the old Fleischer Superman mm-hmm. cartoons. If anyone remembers those turning up for like $3 in the video library bins where they're, they're out of copyright. So that means anyone could release these okay. videos. And that I, it was the first DVD I ever bought after I bought the videos. And I've bought them since on Blu-ray, even though it's the same thing every time because I'm an idiot. You're a fan. I am. So the shorts in front of movies back in the 30s and 40s, they would have Disney would do the animated shorts and stuff. So the Fleischer who did Popeye and Betty Boop and all that did these Superman shorts. And they are absolutely gorgeous. 
like the style. No, I haven't. Uh, they're out. They're free. They're on the internet <laughs> because you know the, they're out of copyright, and they're worth seeing. So it's got the bullet. There's a train in this episode, which is very stylized, nineteen thirties train. It's straight out of these Fleischer cartoons, and it is rotoscoped cartoons. They are. They were expensive. They almost probably sent Fleischer mm-hmm. broke doing them, but absolutely phenomenal. If you've seen the movie Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, they pretty much stole the robot designs and stuff from these Fleischer cartoons as well. So you can see Bruce Tim was a fan watching the style in this. It's got Zeppelins, it's got Art Deco, it's everything, and the style's there. The music's taken straight from, you know, it's not Danny Elfman, but it's Danny Elfman-esque. Yep. It's like it's straight out of the Burton movies. But it became its own thing after that. But you've got this Batman character, which I guess based on the comics. So post-comics and post-Dark Knight Returns, we had the death of a Robin. So Batman became more and more insular and angry and all those sort of things. So you've got Robin, who was a great character for a character like Batman. You need a Robin. Because you need someone who's going to joke, who's going to call him on his bullshit and all of that sort of stuff. And that's the second episode that established that role, where you've got Robin being... It's like, it's Christmas Day. We don't, yeah. you know, can we just not go out and check it? You know, the town's fine. We don't have to go out every night. And he goes, we've got to go out. We've got to do this. And he goes, all right, how about one round? We go one round. And if there's nothing to do, we'll come back and watch It's a Wonderful Life. Batman's honestly a bit of a dick in this episode. <laughs> like Robin is just, he he wants that, that Christmas time, that family time with Batman. And Batman just wants to go out. He wants to punch crime in the back of the head. People yes. <laughs> That's his Christmas. Perfect yep. Christmas. Punching bad people. Yeah, exactly. So it's actually quite sweet in that way. It's like, I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. It's like, okay. So they go out there and it looks like this guy's about to mug this old lady. And he's like, hey, hey. And he's yes. chasing after this old lady. And he's returning her purse that she dropped or a parcel. It's, that it she was a grandson's present. Like, see, see. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, so they end up going back to, it's like, to prove that the world's good. They end up, like, oh, okay, fine. They're about to watch It's a Wonderful Life. And what happens is on the TV, the interruption, the TV, the broadcast is mm-hmm. interrupted. And the Joker's broken out of jail and he's taking over. Very Burton-esque yep. in that way, but he's taken over the broadcast. And yeah, he's kidnapped Commissioner Gordon and... Yeah, Harvey Bullock and one of the reporters, I forget her name. But he breaks out of Arkham at the start, like, so... so <laughs> it's just a scene and a half. <laughs> He's singing Jingle Bells. Batman yep. Smells. The Batman Smells well. version jumps on this bloody uh, Christmas tree, uh, incidentally waving goodbye to Charles Manson. Like the last guy he waves goodbye yes. to is Charles Manson in this <laughs> insane asylum. And the, the tree takes off. Like who who let a rocket ship yep. into Arkham? Like security is, is not great there. Well, not at Arkham, no. But yeah, it's such... And so, yeah, there's such a strong Burton-esque version to this, but that's such a 66 Batman mm-hmm. idea. Well, even, well, 66 for live action, but it's such a Silver Age mm-hmm. Batman comic yep. idea. <laughs> yes, a Christmas rocket tree is how we escaped from Arkham. Perfect. Yeah, so, uh, and basically then it's sort of like it's a goose chase. The Batman and Robin mm-hmm. go on to try and save Commissioner Gordon and Bullock from all this sort of stuff. And it's so much fun there's so much christmas iconography in there yeah so he's running sort of a dating game sort of thing and he's putting clues out there for batman they've got to stop a train from they destroy a bridge and he's got to save people from a train they do that and then they give a present to one of the hostages and it's a doll it's like they haven't made a doll like that since from the, the last yes, lot when that went out of toy company action. You know? oh 
But he makes a point of it too, because Batman has no idea where Joker is. He's supposed to get there by midnight to save the hostages or Joker's going to kill him. It's like 10 minutes to midnight or something. And Batman pretty much just says to Robin, he goes, I don't, I don't know what to do. I, it's up to a miracle now. And Joker's like, well, screw this because I need him here. Here's this Betty Boo equivalent doll just to give you the clue that you need to get here on time. And that was enough for him to do it. And he spins around and goes, oh, it's this, this abandoned factory because that's a Gotham's full of abandoned factories, I think, from what and I And they, they all seem to make toys or, or jokes, joke magic tricks or something. Like, it should be the first place he looked. It should have been. But yeah, so they end up going there and fighting um, giant automated um, nutcrackers mm-hmm. and flying toys and all that shooting at them. And they end up getting to the Joker the last bit. And the Joker's there going, I've got a present for you, Batman. And tosses him a gift. And they're going, what's going to be in the What's in the box? What's in the box? And, and it's almost the perfect It's ending. Gwyneth Paltrow's head. No, no. Sorry, <laughs> sorry different film. It is, it really is a great ending. And Robin's there saying, Oh no, don't open it. You know, you don't know what it's gonna be. But it's it's exactly what it should be. It's a cream pie to the face. <laughs> it's on a spring, jumps up and just and the best part about this is that Batman gets this pie straight to the face. It goes all over his face, all over his uniform. Gordon, Bullock, Reporter Lady, they're all hanging by a string over a vat of acid or something yeah he needs to save them but he takes the time to wipe the cream away four times once twice off the face once (laughs) twice off the body look if it's staying very still looking very angry and then he saves them that's why it's almost a perfect ending because he has a pie in the face it's like it's not a bomb it's not going to kill him it's the humiliation of batman is like perfect and i would have loved it if he left it there Mm -hmm. and just like all right let them save the save the hostages, and I'm in. Yep. Just put me back in jail. I'm done. I've, I did what I wanted to do. But no, he actually cuts the rope that's going to drop him in, and Batman saves him by jumping across and catching him. And it's like, I kind of would have liked my version better. Just like, the Joker is not... I mean, there's so many versions of the Joker. Yes. And it's like, I love him when he's just nuts. Yes. When it's like, it's not about killing. He's not a homicidal maniac. He's just a pest. <laughs> and that sort of thing. It's like, I can, I can literally hamstring... A whole town, a whole city I can bring to its knees just for a pie-in-the-face gag, and that would be perfect because that's what the joke was. But, I mean, this is it. This is this is a Christmas show about what Christmas should be, and it's about spending time with your family. Robin wants to spend time with Batman. Batman is the Scrooge character mm-hmm. in this. He is the one that does not. He's basically bar-humbugging everything. Uh, and But Joker, Joker is, he breaks out of Arkham to spend time with his family, which is what he considers Batman, in order to give him a present and then finishes off the episode happily back in Arkham, laughing away in his cell. He's given his present to Batman. He's done what he wanted to do on Christmas and that's a good day. So it has got does have the perfect. They do watch It's a Wonderful Life at the end. But yeah, no, it's, it's all about Joker. Joker gets Christmas for me. He is... It's he's spending time with the people he wants to spend. He's giving presents. He's the way he, he, it's the only way he can. Perfect. All right. So that's, I think we'll end it there. That's a perfect ending to that great episode of a great series of a great character. So thank you for suggesting it. Thank you for coming on board. So you're inclined 
uh, in gaming of any sorts, the Thoughtless Casual Gaming Podcast, I can recommend. Yeah, look, we have fun. We talk some niche stuff, but like we'll we'll do episodes on board games and and things that anybody can pick up. The idea was originally to play a lot of games for the first time, play them badly because we don't know the rules, and then talk about how crap we are at them. Uh, it's transformed into something since then, but. There are definitely episodes where we will explain. <laughs> we will explain what type of a game we're playing, why we're playing it, why why we get it wrong, and we have a bit of fun. It's all about having fun. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been great having you on, and I hope you and your family have a fantastic Christmas. And you as well. Thank you, Mitch. It's been an absolute pleasure. 